It's Fangraphs Audio. I'm Carson Sestouli, and I am joined, as I am now every week, by the curator of our excellent Q&A series, Mr. David Lorla. David Lorla, are you there? As always, Carson, I will answer that question with a yes, because if I said no, we would only confuse people. That's right. That would be sort of a, a paradoxical situation, right? As in, uh, if you say, this is not a complete sentence? It would be not a complete sentence, and listeners would hear a lot of hello, 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 and then the podcast would probably end right there. Right. And their really the worst experience would be different. <laughs> really the, the worst possible Laurel and Hardy skit. Um, that, you, that you could hope for. Um, okay, well, let's, let's get beyond that. We actually uh, do have some um, interesting audio to follow, probably more interesting than, than the audio we're providing, uh, with two um, two ball players, um, one current, one former, um, who in, in the – and we'll start with the former one um, – or no, sorry, we'll start with the current player, Chris Perez, because I know that he's provided uh, good material for you before. Chris Perez provides good material to pretty much anybody in baseball who sits down to talk to him. Uh, Chris Perez is, of course, the Indians' closer. This show is an Indians' doubleheader. Uh, Chris certainly should finish this. He should go last because he does close games. And, uh, yes, you, you simply listen to Chris Perez speak and... Um, you, you know who Chris Perez is. You know, one thing, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but one thing I, I, I really like about um, your your piece with him is that you, you know, with we, we heard you talk about with Brian Fuentes and you gave him some um, sort of whimsical prompts. You gave him uh, quotes from Napoleon Bonaparte. In this case, you asked Perez really one of the most basic questions, and, and that is, what is it like to throw a baseball? I did. Um, I asked Chris a lot about his teammates as well. Um, the whole subject was throwing. Uh, we talked about who on the, the Indians team can throw a baseball farther, who is most ambidextrous. Um, the answer is actually pretty remarkable. They have a potential um, pet vendetti on, on their team. And, um, yeah, it, we, it, we, I basically threw it around with, uh, with Chris Perez. Oh, very good. Uh, and then, and then uh, Scott Rudinsky, who um, I guess we'll lead with, is a is a um, is a hardcore musician. It turns out Scott is a hardcore musician. Um, he is a rock star, literally. He fronts a band in the off season. He has for a long time. Um, you know, ironically, I know a few people who write about baseball for a living who think they're rock stars, but they really are anything but. Scott is a rock star and uh, really doesn't act like it at all. He's sort of a quiet, down-to-earth guy. Um, he's the pitching coach for the Indians now, a uh, former left-handed reliever for about uh, 100 years, and uh, the front man for the hardcore band Pulley when he's not uh, tossing around baseballs. Right, and your questions, uh, like you do with Perez afterwards, uh, your questions with Radinsky are of a very sort of a basic nature, um, but revealing for that fact? Well, it's very much a baseball interview. We talk a lot about the census. Uh, it was all built off of a music theme. Um, even though we really don't talk about music, um, fans who know the band XTC and their record English Settlement from 20-odd uh, years ago will, will recognize uh, what we're talking about. Okay, and so, and so what you're going to give us here is an Indians double feature? And Indians double feature with uh, two of the more entertaining people in uh, the game of baseball. That's in right. In my opinion, and hopefully the listeners uh, feel the same. All right. This is David Lorla, uh, first with Indians pitching coach Scott Radinsky, and then with Indians closer 
Chris Perez. Welcome to another In the Clubhouse segment of Fangrass Audio. I'm David Lorela. I am here with Indians pitching coach Scott Rudinsky, and we are going to talk about, at least indirectly, about a song. Scott, do you know the band um, XTC? I, I am familiar with them. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you I could recite any of their songs by heart, but I, I do remember them from back in the day, yes. Scott, uh, as some listeners may know, um, does know a lot about songs in general. He is the longtime frontman of the uh, California hardcore band Pulley. Um, XTC um, recorded a song on their record English Settlement called Census Working Overtime. Um, the lyrics say, are talking about see, hear, smell, touch, taste. And uh, I think, Scott, we can talk about those in a baseball context. Um, you pitched in the big leagues for a long time. What did you see from the mound? Um, well, I'll start from the bullpen, you know, looking from a, from a far distance through the chain link fence. Uh, you know, watching the game, I always say watching the game from the outside, getting a different perspective rather than sitting in the dugout looking at it, you know, looking at it from the end, looking out. We had, we had, uh, you know, just a, a great view and you could, you could kind of just see and notice everything. Um, from the mound, uh, entering a game, I have to be honest, it probably sounds like a cliche, but, uh, you know, you, you really are kind of dialed in. And what I really saw was a catcher, a hitter, and an umpire, uh, when I was going good. On the bad days, I saw just about everything. Um, but my, my biggest thing was just trying to really focus and hone in on the home plate area and uh, and not really see anything else around it. And as a pitching coach now, you're sitting here, and let's say Josh Tomlin is on the mound. What do you see? What are you looking at? Um, just looking at, you know, his tempo and his rhythm and, you know, how consistent he is in between pitches, uh, you know, during his delivery, uh, you know, trying to repeat it, what kind of pitches he's trying to throw, how he's distributing his pitches, um, just his mannerisms in general, really, and, uh, you know, just, I guess more than anything, just, just really the, the tempo and the pace of what he's doing out there, and each pitcher has a different uh, a different rhythm that they work with, and, you know, some guys tend to work a little quick, some guys tend to work a little slow, so if I get the opportunity in between an inning to kind of, you know, give them a little something, which I, I don't really, I don't, I don't give a whole lot of information, but if I have something, I, you know, it's usually something to that effect. Sense number two is here. What is Scott Rudinsky here in a ballpark? Um, you know, you hear a lot of things. Uh, you can hear people ragging on you. You can hear people clapping and cheering. Um, there, you know, there's. It, it depends where you are in the field that you, that you hear the different the different sounds. Um, you know, in the dugout, you hear you know you know the obvious is you know the crack of the bat. You know, the sound of the ball hitting the glove. Uh, people in the dugout uh, cheering for each other. Uh, you know. Uh, in this ballpark, you know, being so close to third base, you can hear the third base coach almost, you know, talking to the runner on second base or uh, listening to the catcher-pitcher uh, interaction. Um, there's, I mean, you know, the typical, if you close your eyes in a ballpark, you can hear you can hear a ton of things. You can hear vendors selling beer and uh, everything. I mean, you can hear it all. You spend a lot of time on a stage uh, playing music in front of sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. What, what do you hear there? Does it differ from a baseball field? Um, yeah, it, it kind of does. Um, you know, as, as a in my current role, what I hear, I can hear a lot. Um, you know, going back to, to being a pitcher, uh, once again, just being locked in, uh, you don't hear a whole lot. Um, you, you really don't hear much of anything. Um, you're kind of in your own little zone, and, and you're really blocking out the world. 
um, now I'm in a different different role here, and, and I and I can might sound crazy, but kind of enjoy the game a little more and kind of take it all in. So I do get to hear and and uh, and listen to a lot more that's going on, and it's usually a. Well, in our ballpark, it's somewhat empty most of the time, so I can hear the beer vendor yelling beers or ice creams or whatever. But, um, what about the music, though? It, does the applause sound the same after a song as it does after a big strikeout? Well, going going back to that again, um, you know, you don't feel it as much in a baseball game as you do on stage. Um, on stage, you know, before you get on, before you start, right when the uh, you know when the lights kind of come on, you know, you can tell by the crowd whether it's going to be a good gig or not a good gig, and and uh, there's no better feeling than, I mean, no better feeling than, than finishing a song or finishing a set and having people, uh, you know, show their appreciation. And you can, when it's when it's loud, you can feel it, and the energy's there. It's a good, uh, it's a good atmosphere. Sense number three in the song is smell. Does a baseball player actually smell anything? Oh yeah, you can smell a lot. You can smell the dirt. You can smell the grass. You can smell the popcorn, the hot dogs. Um, you know, you can smell the tobacco on the floor. Um, yeah, you can smell a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things to smell. Um, you know, I don't know if they're the, 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 the prominent things you're thinking about when during, during a game, but there's definitely a sense of smell there, yeah, for sure. San Francisco, I, I, I think of garlic fries or Seattle. You know, they get these garlic French fries, and they're reeking up the whole stadium, so it, it's kind of hard to, hard to miss it. Touch. Touch is a big thing for pitchers. Do all baseballs feel the same? No, they don't all feel the same. Um, you know, we, we actually take batting practice with these practice balls, and they're a little bit smaller. Uh, the seams might be a little bit higher. Uh, in the minor leagues, balls are, uh, you know, seams are a little bit higher. Uh, you know, the big league balls are just, uh, they're, they're kind of flat. There's, there really is no seam. I, you know, I can, I can close my eyes and hold two different balls in my hand, and, and uh, that's, that sounds kind of funny, but um, <laughs> I, can, I can tell. You know, you can tell a big league baseball when you feel it, so... Not all balls are the same, um, you know, and, and, and it's a, and it's a, it's, it takes a little bit of adjustment and takes some time to, to, to actually be able to manipulate and, and have that feel to make it do what you want. Taste. What about what is a? I should. I almost said, what does a baseball taste like? <laughs> I've, well, t- I've what, tasted what? some baseballs. <laughs> the line drives back toward the middle. Yeah, exactly. Um, the taste of a baseball field. For me personally, is a, a lot of gum, sunflower seeds, uh, Gatorade. I don't, you know, and then the food after the game, or you know, when I think about my days in, in the bullpen, I mean, you know, balls for a hot dog or balls for pretzels. I mean, we make some trades out there. Yeah, that's a, that's probably a good one though, taste, because that's that's probably the least of uh, the least of the senses during a baseball game, I think. And uh, for the listeners, if you have good taste in music, you're probably going to go out and check out uh, Scott's band, Pulley, maybe during the off-season when they start touring again. In the meantime, uh, Scott, uh, as always, thanks for your time. Oh, you got it, David. My, my pleasure, man. Always, uh, always enjoy spending my time with you. My guest is Chris Perez, Indians reliever. Uh, we are at Fenway Park, and Chris... Uh, you throw a baseball for a living. I do. You throw the ba- a baseball often. Why is it fun to throw a baseball? Um, something I've been doing, like you said, uh, I do it for a living, but I've, I've been doing it pretty much since I can remember. Uh, you know, since I was four years old, I've been playing baseball, and my dad introduced it to me early on. Um, and it's one of my first memories of my dad and me is playing catch. And uh, I enjoy playing catch, first of all, because I'm pretty good at it. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a big league pitcher, and 
Um, I get paid for, for pitching and, and, put, and throwing a baseball. Um, other than that, it's like it's like a good artist. Like it's something uh, I enjoy doing. Um, you know, I'm good at it, like I said, and I enjoy doing it. And, and I'm in my element when I'm playing catch or throwing a baseball. Um, it's just something. Uh, like I said, I was. I, I guess I was born to do it through my dad and, and, and picking up the love of the game. And uh, it's something that's truly American. Throwing a baseball. You said that you were seemingly born to do it, but throwing a baseball is an unnatural motion. Completely unnatural. Uh, that's why there's so many injuries. That's why uh, pitchers break down a little bit more than hitters usually do. And um, it's just using your shoulder joint in a different motion than what it's uh, meant to do. Uh, that's why softball play- girls can throw every day and, and not really have to worry about rest or anything. Cause that's more of the natural motion. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of goes with my persona to go against the, your body and, and the way th- you know the written rules and. Um, to be able to do it and be one of the best in the world, it's, part, it's, it's a good feeling. It's kind of a, it's a nice pat on the back. Which one of your Indians teammates most likes to throw a baseball? Not during the game, but away from the game itself. I have to say, he's a new teammate this year, uh, an ex-Red Sox, Derek Will. Uh, he, as he says, he enjoys burning them in there um, on a day-to-day basis. And he, uh, when he's not starting, he plays long, long toss more so than anybody else on the team. You often hear it said that so-and-so can throw harder than anybody on this staff. Who can throw a baseball farther? I'm going to go with Ubaldo Jimenez, uh, another new teammate, uh, came over last year. Um, he just has such an – I don't know if he could throw it the furthest. It looks like he could just because he's so smooth and, and it looks like uh, effortless. It just he looks like he's just – you know, kind of just putting his arm out there, the ball just takes off when he's playing long toss. So I think if it came down to it, he would have uh, an advantage over some of the guys on the team. Yeah, once again, I'm talking to Chris Perez. What about position players? Who can really throw a baseball? That's a good question. Uh, our catcher's got a pretty good good arms, Carlos Santana. Uh, he has a really strong arm. Uh, also, Shin Chu Chu, our right fielder, he, uh, he's got kind of that Ichiro arm where, you know, he shows it off when he needs to, but... When he's playing long toss, he, he just kind of flicks his wrist, and the thing just seems to travel for 300 feet. So uh, I think it would be a battle between Santana and Chu. I'd give it to Chu, though, because uh, he's used to making those longer throws, and um, I think he, he would you know, he'd come out on top on that. You mentioned catchers. Do all catchers throw the baseball back to you the same way? No. That's a good question. Uh, some of them throw it hard. Some of them just kind of toss it. Uh, our backup catcher, Lou Marson, kind of just... <laughs> throws a big rainbow and you know just barely gets back to you um some catchers kind of have the yips if you will and they, they have that mental block where they can't throw it back to the pitcher but they can throw it to second they can throw it to first so they uh I, the guy that comes to mind is uh tori alba for the rangers he kind of has a, a little hitch before he throws it back to this pitcher just because he has that yip um that you know that stigma of not being able to toss it but every catcher is different when I, I used to catch uh in high school and i used to throw back as hard as i could especially when the pitcher didn't hit, hit a spot or or bounce a couple in a row and kind of let them know, let's go, you know, get your focus back. Do big league catchers do that? Do they throw angry? Some do, for sure. Uh, maybe not just angry, but just to try to get you to say, you know, let's go, come on, you know, uh, quit messing around, get these, you know, it's 2 old already, let's go, you know, get back on your game. Instead of having to come out and talk to you, they can kind of, you know, do it by throwing. Uh, when I was with the Cardinals, Yachty did that sometimes, Molina, he would, uh, you know, if Looked like I wasn't concentrating or something. He he fired back, and I'd look at him. He said, "You know, he pounded his mitt and say, let 'Let's go. Let's, you know, let's get it going.'" We were talking uh, on this subject a little bit late last season, and you mentioned Carlos Carrasco being able to do something fairly unique. He, uh, I think, he actually throws further playing catch lefty than he does righty. And he's a right-handed pitcher um, coming back from Tommy John right now, but he, he is ambidextrous, and he can throw just, 
almost just as good lefty as he does righty. Obviously not as good as he pitches righty, but um, yeah, it's very impressive to watch. How about Chris Perez? Can he throw left-handed? I can, but not very well. Um, I would equate it to uh, probably like a, a 10-year-old non-athletic girl <laughs> trying to play catch with a baseball. Uh, but it, it's kind of weird because I do other stuff lefty. I write lefty, I eat lefty, I, I drive lefty. Um, you know, I do, I do a lot of stuff lefty, but nothing athletic. Who, who on the Cleveland Indians pitching staff cannot throw a baseball straight, even if they try? <laughs> Probably me. Uh, me or Masterson, I would say, just uh, with our movement. Um, you know, Masterson's known for his sinker, and uh, if he doesn't stay truly on top of the ball, he's getting some nasty movement. And, uh, same with me. That's why I win the, win the long toss contest, because my, my ball moves too much. It's not straight and true. If an Indians player, a position player, had to come in to throw an inning, who would the most likely and least likely be? Oh, man. Uh, most likely, in my opinion, it, it would be Jack Hanahan, our third baseman. Just uh, He seems to be the, you know, that kind of a guy that he's kind of throwing curveballs and stuff when he's playing catch a little bit, thinking he can pitch. Uh, so he would be my choice. Um, <laughs> my, least, my least favorite position player to pitch would probably be Johnny Damon, <laughs> just because... Uh, he doesn't have the strongest arm. Somebody's not not what he's known for. He's for his offense, and uh, I don't know. I don't. He might even pitch righty. <laughs> what? I actually think he may. John he has told me he's pretty ambidextrous. Is he? What, what about Travis Hafner? That, I forgot about him. I don't think. I I honestly don't think I've ever seen him throw. Um, spring training. I, I'm going on this is my third and a half year with him. I, I've never seen him play catch. He, he's truly a designated hitter. So. Uh, he would have to be last on the list for sure, because at least Johnny, you know, he's out in the outfield, he's playing catch day to day. Half, like I said, I have never seen him play catch or shag or anything. So just hit. <laughs> and one last question for Chris Perez: It's often said that a good pitcher is just playing catch with the catcher. How, how accurate is that? I would say it's. Uh, I would say it's very accurate. Um, you know, some, especially I think it's more so for the starters. Uh, you know, because they're out there so much longer, they have to, they can't be amped up every single pitch just because they're out there for 100 pitches and their body wouldn't be able to take it but when you look at every starter that seems to get a good game started or in a zone or you know shutout or something they seem like uh, they're just playing catch with the, like last night for for example we faced PV and uh, he's in a pretty good zone right now and it didn't matter what the count was 2-0 3-1 he just was looking where the catcher was and hitting his spot didn't really care who the batter was uh, didn't care the situation. He was just playing catch and, and, and trusting his, his catcher. So I think uh, wherever you see a, a good outing by a pitcher, a starting pitcher especially, uh, it's, he's just playing catch. Um, on, the, on the flip side, whenever you see a pitcher struggling or you know can't get out of the inning or you know, walking guys or falling behind 3-1 you know, on every hitter, um, usually he's not in a good rhythm with the catcher. Usually they're uh, not in the same rhythm with signs or whatever. So... Um, when you can break it down and simplify it as easily as just saying playing catch with the catcher, that's when you're in the zone and that's when you're throwing it the best. Chris Perez, as always, thank you much for your time. Thanks for having me. Anytime.